0: Okay, Nora Germaine, are you ready?
1: Yeah, hit the music.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast where we chat everything and anything to do with the world of music and occasionally focus topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie.
1: I'm Nora Germaine.
0: I'm a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and the most attractive man on planet Earth.
1: I play jazz violin and I am not the most attractive person on earth.
0: No, because that person is me. Apparently we are now both podcasters and you're going to hear us chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this. For free, each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, on iTunes, on Audio Boom, on SoundCloud, on everywhere you get them podcasts. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, walk up to a circus, tell the animals, tell the monkeys, tell the clowns, tell everybody who would care to listen that there's a podcast on the go and you should check it out. Rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, enjoy the show
1: i would also just like to add um if you do go to a circus maybe you could tell them to free the animals
0: that's a too. good point because we don't want, we don't want caged animals up the vegans anyway bobby long awesome singer songwriter guitarist and uh, joins me on the podcast i got invited along to chat to bobby at king Tuts wawa wow, Hut. very excited because he's a superb singer songwriter and in the midst of taking over the world and a really nice guy as well also while i was there i chatted to anthony moore who was supporting him who's a brilliant singer songwriter long-term friend of mine and he jumped on the podcast as well so it's all coming up great chats great conversations you can't ask for any more than that but for now ron chew the cue not chew cue the cheesy acoustic guitar line boom okay nor is your main how the hell are you
1: i feel great how are you scott
0: you know me nora can't complain never do especially when we'll be getting email after email after email and keep them coming in ladies and gentlemen s at gmail.com because we're now going to go to the segment that we like to call love advice
1: oh no here we go do you do you do you need
0: love advice do you have a broken heart or pubic lies? oh oh love advice now, love advice, very, very exciting because email's flooding in. Nora, of course, is very, very qualified to give advice on in this area because, as we all know, she makes Jenna Jameson looks, look like a frigid nun.
1: <laughs> a frigid nun. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Yes, uh, Nora, Jenna Jameson, Germaine. Anyway, that being said, we've got an email, Jeff from Darlington
1: hello jeff
0: hi this is the email from jeff hi scott nora love the podcast listen every week nora and and, by the way can i just say let me just preface this email by saying this this is going to warm your heart right ready okay hi scott nora love the podcast listen every week nora your violin playing is amazing and you seem so sweet
1: oh thank you what a nice delusion that's beautiful thank you
0: Jeff continues, I'm looking for some love advice. I wonder if you guys could take the time to help out. How nice is
1: this? How nice this is, this is really nice. No, I'm just kidding, Jeff. You know, Scott, I think you and I actually are very nice people.
0: Shut up. Let me continue. Oh, anyway, Jeff says, my girlfriend Diane and I have been dating for two years and we live together. I'll be honest. I'm truly, truly in love.
1: That's great.
0: I've got one issue, though. I need love advice on
1: uh-huh.
0: I don't know how to tell her she's awful in bed I mean absolutely awful I feel like I'm f***ing a dead horse on a cold Tuesday in January and that's on a good night every other night, it's like I'm sticking my hard dick in an old tyre that's fell off of a cheap bullshit car that no one gives a f- about Nora, answer me this if you had a dick would you want to stick it in a dead horse or tyre? I think not I seriously need help I feel like I'm too f- away from from her making horse noises I've even had nightmares about being dressed as a jockey while I'm banging her so please tell me what on earth do I say to this horse when I say horse I mean girlfriend I got confused there because like I said I feel like I'm fucking a dead horse I would also never go to watch the show jumping just in case my cock gets hard anyway please advise Jeff
1: okay Jeff well thanks for your lovely comments um okay uh i think um here's what i think everyone wants to be good at uh, making love you know obviously you guys are in love you live together this is a good committed relationship um everyone wants to be good at it so maybe just uh tell her about it um can't people go to therapy for these things? Like aren't there like um sex experts you can go to and they give you all these different ideas and right Scott haven't you heard of this? Nope. Okay. Maybe it's an LA thing, I don't know. <laughs> um but Jeff yeah, I wouldn't be afraid to tell her because uh, well, I don't tell her what you said to us, obviously. Um I know. But... What?
0: why not what part of that would you not want to for the girlfriend to find out about what part from of the
1: beginning to the end that part <laughs> um no i because i think um people should be honest with each other about these things because everybody wants to have like a really good time but
0: you, you said know? that you didn't want her t- um telling her certain parts of that email you're also saying people need you know to be honest. the
1: horse the tire the the bad dream the you know so maybe just tell her look I think there's a way for us to really take this thing to the next level baby and then just see what she says
0: would you mention the horse thing at all?
1: No I would not.
0: Right would you replace the horse with like a different animal or what would you have?
1: Um Uh, no i don't think so because you don't want to make her self-conscious you want to make her do you think
0: that that's something um, being a woman yourself would you say that that would be something that would make a woman feel self-conscious the comparison to the horse thing
1: oh yeah well it's like totally different like if you say to someone you're a bad and let's learn how to make out better than to say you kiss me like a turkey that's been left in the rain I mean that would like ruin your ego that sounds
0: quite romantic
1: well Scott maybe your love life is in another category but
0: ok well, we hope that helps then Jeff please get back to this. music at gmail.com now we've got another email Samantha from Carlisle
1: hi Samantha where is that
0: Carlisle is uh, UK it's about 3 years away from where I am currently residing Samantha from Carlisle Hi, Scott and Nora, loving the show.
1: Oh, good. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: I I need love advice.
1: Oh, boy. Now, don't we all.
0: My boyfriend and I, this is Samantha talking, my boyfriend and I are going through a sticky spell. Mm. I'll give you the backstory. My BF, Craig, and I started dating a year ago and moved moved in almost straight away. I was I was going through some real confidence issues at the time and he was there for me throughout and this is something I will always be truly grateful for. He pretty much saved me when no one else could. Over the past six months I have really improved my own lifestyle too. I go to the gym regularly and I have found a new confident... I uh, sorry, I have a newfound confidence in the way I look. I have been promoted twice in my job over the past year too, and I'm really enjoying being so busy and laying a, leading a challenging yet fulfilling lifestyle. Craig, on the other hand, is where I was a year ago. At this moment in time, he was out of work and has become very, very lazy. I find this frustrating as it is in complete contrast to the way I am. He has put a lot of weight on and, I, and he has almost let society beat him. I don't know what to say to him. He was once so motivated... But things have just changed. Sometimes I look at him and think, you're a lazy bag of shit. I know that sounds so cruel, but I often think, you're a fat, stinking, big bag of animal shit. The big bag of shit phrase has become so embedded in my mind that I've even found myself comparing him to a bag of bag of shit. Last week I decided I would rather share a bed with a bag of shit than him. I would probably feel less ashamed taking it out in public. I'm worried that I'm going to become more turned on by a bag of than my own boyfriend. Anyway, bag of aside, please advise. Oh, and Nora, can you play something nice that sounds like Mozart on violin?
1: Um, sure. What do you want me to do first? Answer the thing? I think
0: answer the thing first. We'll cut to the interview and then we'll come back to violin playing.
1: Okay. Um, was the Mozart sound like a request from her? Aye. Oh, that's cool. Okay, um, so uh, the bag. Of- okay, yeah. So, um, you need to have a man who is um, um, on your level. Okay, like, you know, if you are smart, you want to be with a smart person. If you are hardworking, you want to be with a hardworking person. I mean, like, you know, there's balance in relationships. You know. But I think, you know, you should, if you're going to be active and proactive about your life and you're going to care about your health, and it sounds like things are going really well for you, I think that you need a man who can support that and not just um, make you feel bad about yourself, okay? Because, like, you may not think of it this way, but the man is just another aspect of life. Like, you didn't like the way you looked, okay, so you go to the gym. You maybe weren't doing all that well at work, and so you work harder, and then you get two promotions. You feel bad about yourself, and then you say, okay, I have to improve this. You have a boyfriend who you don't want to be around, well, you need a new boyfriend. It's just like there are all these things, you know? So maybe um, your boyfriend can improve himself, and then everything will go back to the way it was, and everything will be fine. And then if he didn't, if he isn't able to do that, I would say you should break up with him because he has to try too. You both have to try. Yeah, exactly.
0: And it's good that you're looking to give the guy a chance. So imagine you're the girl, right? You're uh, Samantha and you go home and you say to the the boyfriend, listen, and you find a a way to, and you're very articulate, you're very on the ball and you're very good with words, right? So this is going to be a great thing. So imagine I'm the boyfriend, right? You've come home and you need to express to me to change my lazy ways, right? So- So uh, let, let, let's try it, right? Okay, so let's do a little kind of role play scenario. Are you ready to rock? Okay. Hiya, how are you? How's your day at work?
1: Craig, you need to get a life. You're making me feel bad about myself, and I don't think that you prioritize your health or your well-being, and it's starting to really piss me off.
0: Sorry, baby, I've got the telly on. Can you go and give me a burger? Uh, I think my burger should be ready. It was in the microwave about 10 minutes ago. It's probably on fire by now. If you can just take it through, that'd be great. And if you can swing on by and get the ice cream too, that'd be awesome.
1: I'm not going to get anything for you until you tell me that you're going to improve your life and improve your health. And if you don't do that, then I'm leaving you.
0: What are you saying? Did you? Is there ketchup?
1: No, there's no ketchup.
0: Sorry, let me turn this down. I'll turn this down because I can't. See, I've had the, the the football on. I've just I've just found a remote. I was going to get up and look for the remote earlier, but I couldn't find it. And now I've just realised I was sitting on it. Anyway, now that that's turned down, what are you saying to me? Did you have you got my burger? I need I need burger number six. It's been over I an hour.
1: I need you to tell me that you're going to go on to a plan to get a job to better your life and to improve your health. Oh, listen, if- I
0: want to do that. I'd love to get a job, but there's no jobs out there, eh? It's the government, eh? Okay, well, you
1: know, I can't live with someone who's always blaming someone else for the way that their life goes. Okay, so you. I'm not blaming
0: someone else. I'm just saying, number one, I couldn't look on the internet earlier because the internet's not working. And secondly, there's no jobs out there. I looked about five weeks ago.
1: Okay, well, that was five weeks ago. And today is today. And I'm telling you, if you don't make these changes, I'll make you a list of changes that you have to make by a certain date. And if you don't make them, then I'm going to leave you and I'm going to like it.
0: Sorry, I missed the last couple of sentences because I'm just seeing your head as a hamburger because I'm really, really hungry. As there as you get that? You know what it's like. See if I don't eat within a certain period of time. It's just that I don't. I don't know if you can help me as well. I tried to eat ice cream earlier and I spilled some down my neck. Can you come and lick it off for me?
1: I'm um, leaving you actually right now. I decided. <laughs> so it's been it's been really good. I want to thank you for what you did for me um, about, uh, you know, a long time ago when you were not this way. So, okay. It's been real. Okay. And good luck with your ice cream neck. I'm going to, um, <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to check into a hotel spa and be a single woman because I have a job and I'm going to spend my money, um, getting a facial and not a dirty facial. I mean like a regular facial. So, why don't you just take your hamburger shove it in the couch and i will see you never
0: this is why nora could never be an actor actress or actor because she just went from being in character to automatically becoming herself within the first five seconds she dumped the boyfriend told him to to get to (laughs) and went and got a flaming facial and stayed in the five-star hotel so that, just, that ladies and gentlemen, is certainly not method acting. Anyway, enough of that. We're going to get. We hope that's helped, Samantha. Uh, I'm sure it'll, it'll all be fine. We're going to cut to the interview with Bobby Long, then and, and then we're going to get to Anthony after that. But we will be right back after Bobby. It's all coming up. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music podcast, and I'm in Kind Tuts in Glasgow once again, and I am joined by Bobby Long. How are you,
2: sir? Great, thank you. Really good. So the drive up today, you were in Manchester last night. How's yeah.
0: the, the, the few shows been? You'll tell me you've been on tour for a long time now.
2: Yeah, um, I've been on, on tour since like August, really. But um I came back to the UK. Um I played in Birmingham, then Manchester last night, Glasgow tonight, and then London tomorrow, and then I got some time off. But it's great to be here, yeah. Cool. so you've been everywhere um
0: obviously you've you've so many albums now you've been los angeles everywhere you, you care to mention but first of all we're all started Wigan, yeah. right yeah growing up in Wigan, it's i said to you before the interview it's a place that i've never been to yeah uh, what's the music scene like there growing up how did it all
2: start it was fun. I, I moved away when i was quite young but i came back when i was like 17 or 18 and the music scene then was quite interesting really it's was, it was like just lots of indie rock and um there was um the acoustic there's like a lot of acoustic singer songwriters too um but i f- for me it was always about, it was always about getting to London, you know that was just you know it's probably like people a lot of people live in Scotland outside of Glasgow like I have to get to Glasgow' because it's the place it's the hub you know mm. not that other things don't happen to other because they absolutely do, but it for me it was always about getting to london so i and then then I moved there and it was great.
0: Yeah. So did you move there strictly because of music, then? Or was that a combination of different things? Well, it's,
2: well, I needed to like, I needed to financially have a re- have an opportunity to move there, so I, I went to university there. Mm-hmm. But my dad and everybody was like, just they were, they were like, don't you know? I won't bother going to university. Just live the, the just be a musician, you know. Which was like really not a very good thing to say to an eighteen year old boy. You just want, you know, but I, I kind of insisted on going to university because so I could get some money. Um, and um, I'd have a reason to be there and have, you know, stay in the halls of residence and I could focus on my music. So, um, yeah, so I, I studied at the same time, but I played music every night. So.
0: Right, you're saying you studied at the same time, but you played music every night. I was checking the course you did with Sounds and Media, but, but the way yeah. that you put that, the course was kind of unrelated to music Massively. in a way. right? yeah.
2: It was like there was like great parts of, about it. Um, like sound, for it was a lot of like sound for film and like making, um, like taking off, like you got given ET, you know what I mean? Like a yeah. two minute scene with no sound and you had to recreate all the sounds or like uh, the elephant man. So I would then do like the, you know what I mean? Like I'm a human being, I would do all that weird voices and yeah. I like record everything over the top, you know, like the bicycles and ET and like, that was really interesting and, and, and creative. And I could write music for those bits, but a lot of it was just—it was nothing to do with music. Really. A lot of essays on stuff. A lot of essays layers. about on like decibel levels and. Right. It's not in, not really into that. You know.
0: Right. So you did that, but you went and you got your qualification regardless as a kind of backup thing, and then yeah. you chose to to totally focus on the music. Yeah. So at what point you, you you what point did you you lived in America for a bit, right? For 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 a period of time, you just turned there. What was going on?
2: Yeah, and no, I yeah, I I went. Um, I, I started touring there first and then things really started moving and I met with different record labels and things in Europe weren't really happening for me that much. I, I could play in London. I played in Manchester and I played in like Germany once in Switzerland, but it was real slow, really, really slow burn where I felt like I'd pick up five fans and then lose three, you know, right. you know what I mean? Um, but then in America, things had started to come together and I found that people were coming to my shows really weirdly and, then I met with with quite a few. I met with nearly every record label in America, um, some good, some bad, you know. And then I just I met, then I decided to move over there, which was great. You know, mm-hmm. I still live there now. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. So where have you changed where you're living from in America back then? Are you still situated in the same whereabouts is it? In yeah, the it's States? New York. So right, I, right here. In, yeah. Uh,
2: also, like the record label was in New York, and I always wanted to move there. You know, for like mm-hmm. the history. Of, like Greenwich Village and Bob Dylan, I thought that'd be a really good place to to be. And I met a girl too, which was like, you know, like, but luckily that corresponded with it also being the smartest decision, you know? I'm married to her now, so it worked out. But, you know, if my record label was in Nashville, maybe I'd you know, I don't know what I would've done, but yeah. So you're over
0: in the States, a lot of great things about there. What do you miss about the UK?
2: I miss the people, Um, I miss, um miss the food a little bit. I don't miss I miss stuff around like Christmas time, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's great hearing like a familiar accent, like hearing your talking to your accent is wonderful. It's like you, you must be the first ever person to say that said <laughs> that. No, it's something really nice about talking to like a Scottish person, a Welsh person, an Irish person. It always feels like home, you know, and um um it feels like comfortable and and nice. So um and just just the sense of humour, you know what I mean? Like that. That's something. Something. I'm, I was just, you know, driv- driving here with my dad, and he he's got a real sarcastic sense of humor. You can't say anything around him without him cutting you down. You know, does I mean? that keep you doing
0: anything? Yeah, it like does. Yeah, it's great. Down.
2: But and I do that in America, and some sometimes people don't quite get it. Right, like, like, you, you say a joke with this, with a, with a straight face over there, and they're like, you know. What the, what, the, what the hell's going on you know, I miss that a lot
0: yeah and it's weird so, to me the the, the humour of the UK because the, Ricky Gervais is translated so well I didn't think yeah. the Americans would get
2: it you know yeah but he also gets he also gets like because um, he's an atheist too he gets like the <laughs> religious like people going after him and, but yeah it does yeah but, but then again if you look at like the American office you know what I mean I- which 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 I like not as much as the english office but that's so that's their version of that yeah. and it's slapstick humor you know uh, what i mean it uh, really is yeah and um but yeah i miss that I, d- I just i do miss the like the the sense of humor from down there and, and obviously there's differences between scotland and england and ireland but there is like this like dark rigid humor that runs through the, almost the sarcastic you know what i mean like uh-huh. which is great you know? So let's talk about your songwriting influences
0: then. You're a, you're a dylan fan right yeah i love dylan yeah and who else what what kind of guys what, what
2: was who made you want to be a songwriter um well it was funny like when i was younger there was there was bands that made me want to be a guitar player like listen to Jimi hendrix or cream or queens of stone age or but then there's like the songwriter wise it was i guess it was dylan and the beatles and leonard cohen um and elliot smith and jeff buckley and all you know there's loads really my uncle's a songwriter too um for like theater and he seemed to get up rather late every day and i thought that that would be quite good you know what I mean? <laughs> that was a big draw yeah that was like, i was like what and he wore normal clothes so i was like what how do i get on doing this you know mm-hmm. i was like i never want to have to wake up before nine ever mm-hmm. f- you know and obviously that happens sometimes but you know, most of the time I wake up around 9.15, I'm really happy about myself. <laughs> it's that 15 minutes, isn't it? It yeah, makes a lot of difference. It, it really is, yeah.
0: Right, so talking about different songwriters and different musicians, is there anybody you think that you'd quite like to collaborate with in the future? Is there anybody that springs to mind being to write a song
2: with, being on a stage with, anything at all? Um, mm, I don't know, it's a bit of a dodgy one now, because um, I would worry a little bit about them being... You know, like do something with Dylan, but then he might be an asshole or it might be really disappointing yeah that would ruin it. Have you yeah. found
0: that way anybody well, endangered of naming and shaming here? A lot of people will say that they've had amazing experiences meeting mm. their idols or whatever have yeah. you had what has your experiences been like positive negative?
2: I think who I've met that I've really really liked. you know I met Bill Nye, you know right. the actor yeah yeah yeah. and he is the coolest guy I've ever met in my whole mm. life. always wears a suit. he loves Manchester United and the Rolling Stones mm. And uh, he was just so cool and he remembered my name. Not that he was like a big idol of mine growing up, but he was great. I actually did a show with Dylan and, um, right? wow. um, in Australia. And, and I, I don't know whether to laugh or like to, um, I got kicked off, I was playing on the stage. He was playing on a few hours, you know, earlier in the festival at the Byron Bay Boots Festival. And there was like his, um, even the venue people aren't, aren't allowed on the side of the stage when he's playing. Or like you know, like nobody's allowed on the side of the stage without like special like things. So, and there's on he has his guitars, you know, like the stands of guitars laid out, and uh, it says "Do not touch." So after I finished playing, I was like, "I'm gonna touch all of these." So I ring my hand across all the guitars, you know, and I got shouted at. What did it feel like, though? Good feeling. Like felt like good. Felt like angels butter. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) felt great. And then um I was like it's a bit disappointing. You'd think that he would like I was like, I wanted to see him side stage, you know, that'd mm-hmm. be Yeah. But then I heard that and basically I was hanging out backstage and um, there was like a, a weird car, blacked out car, and like a bus. And we all assumed he was on the bus, which had like security guards. And I was like stood next to this car, I was almost leaning against it, talking about wanting to see Dylan and and I was like, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Like, I hope it's not him who's made these rules up. I hope mm-hmm. it's like some security thing or whatever. And um, and then we were like, oh, clear out Showtime. So we had to leave that area it was all cordoned off. And we saw the band walk on stage. Yeah. And then we found out that Dylan was in that car the whole time, so I was like, you could probably hear my conversation of me like, bigging him up and being a bit disappointed about not being able to see him from the side of the stage. So. That was a bit weird, you know, being so close to one that's of my still heroes. Still cool, killed though. I'm kind of oh, fascinated cool with Dylan
0: thing because I don't know. What, no what, one knows,
2: do they, about no. whether he's whether he's whether like his. Which Nobody I knows. love. That's
0: well. What, how, do you, at what point? Uh, how much of it is an act? Do you think?
2: I think I don't think it isn't. I you know I think he like just like anybody. He's just been. But
0: he's so clever. Part of me thinks he's maybe playing this, which I, I'm cool with, with it either way, you know?
2: Yeah, I, it's but it, he had some really cool friends, you know? That's the thing mm. that about him that I like trust. Like, he was really good friends with, like, Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Tom Petty comes across like he's all right. Yeah. George Harrison, mm-hmm. who comes yep. across like he was... Like, you could, have, you could go for a pint with him. And if mm-hmm. George Harrison's hanging out with him, I think he's all right, you know? Yep. Um, Martin Offler, too, even though Martin Offler comes across as a little bit boring, you know, you know what I mean? But he was friends with him, and... I bet he's all right, but the he's a bit fortunate in some ways because he comes from an era where you can be mysterious where now you can't be mysterious anymore because you have YouTube, you have twitter, you have Insta, you and you have to part, like partake in those things, no one really knows about Dylan so you, even though he's you know he's gone through so many changes in terms of the way he's looked and in and out of religion in and out of maybe addiction and like family, no family pre-accident, accident, you know, like, it's hard to, you can't sum him up, can you? Yeah. You don't know whether he would smile at you or slap you in the face. Mm-hmm. I love that. You, either way would be an honor. For yeah, me. it'd be great. I'd love to get <laughs> smacked around the face, yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. You, you,
0: next, there's always
2: a chance again to get in touch his guitars and you never, will, oh, yeah. never know what guitar the next time. That's, that's the reason I love him so much. Because a Neil Young too, you don't know about Neil mm-hmm. Young that yeah. much. You hear like bad stories about Neil Young and great stories. That's why I'm not such a big Springsteen fan because he comes across a bit smarmy now. You know mm. what I mean? I love his music, but I'm not sure I'd wanna hang out with him. Mm. You know? I, I don't get, it's a terrible thing to say. I don't get the whole Springsteen thing. I don't it's an American get, thing. Right? Like like my dad never exposed me to Springsteen. Mm. Even Tom Petty is an American thing or like mm. the Grateful Dead. Like mm. it's a very, over there they're huge, but mm. Springsteen, I, like, I do like a lot of his records and his mm. songs. But over here, I, growing up, it was never. I didn't have that many friends who were huge mm-hmm. Springsteen fans, and I saw him live in Hyde Park, and he. It goes on for a long time, and the mm-hmm. songs all sound the same. Yeah. So like being blue collar, mm-hmm. you know, and it all sounds like. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but he he's he's great, you know. I kinda. Just, I, like him I,
0: I'm, I i don't get the whole thing but I have yeah. said that he's selling at stadiums and, yeah. and I'm obviously not. Yeah. But um, right, <laughs> he so you, met, you touched on an interesting point there. You can't be mysterious anymore or like that and you, you see an Instagram thing the Twitter thing. Uh, you, do you embrace all that? Do you like all that? Do you not like it? What's your thoughts on all that? I,
2: d- I don't like it really but right. I like the fact that the best thing about now is that there's no like um, there's no like huge divide between the people listening and, and the artists. Mm-hmm not into obviously there's a stage there but i just mean that you know there's no reason for artists to be to be um our souls deliberately because they feel they have to be because it's some kind of like genius quality mm. and now because of pledge music and other things that artists like you can you can skip the businessmen the record labels you can get straight in with the you can fund an artist's music directly by buying an out al- by buying his album from Pledge Music and raising the money, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Yeah. But the, in terms of Twitter and, and Instagram, it's just a bit tiring. Mm-hmm. I, I find it, and I do it because I need to do it. Yeah. Um, and um, I do it because I, I I feel like it's good to stay in touch. But I don't embrace mm-hmm. it that much. I have mm-hmm. to remind myself. Like when I was, I hate the way that I have to when I was driving in and we were going over the border into Scotland. There was the Scottish flag, and I was like, "I better take a picture of that and Instagram it about tonight's show." And then I was like, "Oh, you know, I I I I want to do that anyway because I'm really happy to be in Scotland." But it kind of loses its fun that you have to think about doing those things, and but yeah, you know. Maybe bands and artists do they waste too much time in it? Do you think? Way too much time, right? I know, so I know a lot of bands where they just don't play any shows anymore. They're just always on Instagram and um that seems to be what they're more worried about like so tweeting pictures of food and it's like well it's also a massive misrepresentation of what, what life's really like because they always seem to be in good moods you know mm-hmm. i'm sure like you go f- through half your day you're like oh, this is you know this is what load of crap this is and you know what i mean like like everybody's day you work mm-hmm. a nine to five job in an office you spend a bet you spend half the day either frustrated or annoyed and you don't always see it from this like you don't always see life from this nice perspective but people seem to spend their whole lives trying to on instagram i'm trying to take pictures and it's like i'm like oh my god it looks just... amazing mm-hmm. like in like we're in a, in, in a town in ohio this is beautiful and i've been to a lot of towns in ohio and ohio is wonderful but some of it's not you know what i mean Because
0: like, mm. like I, I don't like the whole um people on facebook and, not, and i'm in a relationship that, because you you're, you're um you're burdened by that, I think, because yeah, as soon as you post up, you, you've got to live by the sword, die by the sword. When you put it all out there, when things do go wrong, <laughs> oh, you're done for. Yeah, yeah, you're done it's for. Awful. Lastly, yeah. give us some—if you get any advice to pass on our musicians at all, what would it be? Very, very open question. What, mm-hmm. in whatever way, be it music, business, anything at all.
2: I f- I feel like I'm still learning about it, about it all. But um, I think it's just to skip the the, or, you know. Skip the stuff that doesn't matter. Instagram, Twitter, obviously, you, you have to do that nowadays. There's no way that you can't, um, there's no way that anybody can get away with not having a Facebook a Twitter or an Instagram account or anything. But uh, just play shows, like write songs every day, treat you like a job, you know. There's a I played a show last night and this girl, um, she was really nice and she was like, can you give me some advice? And I just didn't have anything good to say. And, uh, I was like, just play, Like, do you have any shows booked? She's like, yeah, I'm doing one show next month. I'm like, well, try and do eight. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you, she was studying. She was a student. I was like, just try and play as much as you can. Like, nothing's changed from the 40s or the 50s. Really, it's about going out there and playing and trying, trying to do things organically. And, you know, it looks, people look so busy on instagram when they're not or they you know there's so many shortcuts where you can go on american idol or whatever but it's, it's all rubbish you you gotta go out there and practice and treat it like a job and try and be as busy as possible just like in any line of work if you're a carpenter you have to make 500 tables before you make a good table same in music i, I think you know
0: are you gonna have something eating a little bit yeah are you going to
2: post a picture of you am not? No, no way. <laughs> not even if it's good. Have no. you ever done it? Um, only if it's like weird. I don't think I have actually. Yeah, I think the only time I did do it was when I was in, in America and I got I got like three um, three different potato dishes. I got like a pasta, a mashed potato and a roast potato dinner just because I fancied it. You know, thought it was funny or something.
0: There was always time give the fans what they want just yeah maybe. maybe nice
2: chat man cheers
0: oh lastly you. encore right fan of glenn hansard
2: singer-songwriter yeah i am actually he's um yeah he's he's great he i i, I had the same tour manager as him in australia weirdly oh, enough right. i didn't know too much about him and um he's a powerful singer yeah great. great really good love it when he takes a mic out and goes out front and just yeah, it, I I think I actually do that one of my songs sometimes at the end where I just play without a microphone, and it's that spirit, you know. That I I love like the, like it's like being in a bar or something. that He takes on, but he's great. He works his he works his butt off too. Hundreds of shores Yeah, and and he like he doesn't um, he gives he, he sweats his ass off when he's on stage. He really gives everybody everything he can. He's a real working musician, which is something I really admire and. Yeah, really wonderful. Yep.
0: I heard you sound check and I thought Glenn answered. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. On. Yeah, he's great. Right, excellent. Good luck tonight. Good luck Thanks with the rest of the shows. Let's do this Cheers, again mate. sometime. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, so I'm with Nora Germain. Nora, how are you?
1: Fine, thank you. How are you?
0: Give me three fun facts about yourself.
1: Okay, I'm five feet one inch tall. I have never had a nosebleed in my life.
0: How the hell is that happen?
1: I've just never had one.
0: It's like trying to get blood out of a Nora's nose.
1: <laughs> and um, I like to paint my toenails, but not my fingernails.
0: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't know why on earth. <laughs> I don't know why thousands of people listen to this shit. But you do. Keep on doing it. Scottkewey.com. We're going to get to the interview with Anthony Moore. We're going to be right back when Nora's your main. And she's going to play us something on the violin that sounds like Mozart. Who's one of my favorite ever singers okay back on the talk music podcast and impromptu interview with a very good singer songwriter that i've known for a long time anthony moore how are you sir I'm very well scott right so we're in touch just now i just interviewed bobby long as you know um and i seen you and i thought mm-hmm. i haven't spoke to ants in a while let's get him on the podcast you've been super busy yep doing really really well been gigging about glasgow and from what a year the EP's coming out very soon.
3: Well, uh, last few months I've been a bit of a recluse, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just pretty much just I'm just kind of recording stuff in my home studio, so um, I'm pretty much spending all my days in in a house, you know. Um, but I it's it's it's, it's nearly finished, um, and it'll probably be out end of January, start of February. That's a kind of rough rough um, date that I've got, you know. Um, Aye, so it's pretty much four tracks. Um, some that I've kind of I've had wee demos put up before on SoundCloud and stuff like that. But this these tracks are like completely drums, bass, guitar. I feel a lot of strings. You know, it's not just the mm-hmm. acoustic stuff that I do on stage. You know, mm-hmm. um. So aye, it should be good. Cause like I said, you've been gigging around Glasgow for for a while, obviously,
0: and um, like when I when we were getting in touch a a while back. You, you just started, kind of started the solo mm-hmm. thing, but it all kind right. of really kicked off, you know, gathering a lot of momentum and everything. And um, and so what what kind of really, what, what started you on wanting to do the solo thing
3: and go out and gigging in that format? Eh, <laughs> to be honest, pretty much fed up playing in bands, you know. Right. Um, I, um, I was just writing that at the time. I was just I, kind of, obviously, when I met you, I was kind of still in bands and I was trying to find my feet as to where I wanted to be, you know. Um, and at that time, I was writing a lot of songs as well, and I was sort of putting them out to the band, and they, they weren't really having them, so I wasn't too sure if they were good. So I just that's what kind of kicked off the solo thing. And I've kind of slowly picked up the gigs and recorded myself and tried to get better on the singing thing. And, and, and it's and been going really so, well. You supported
0: Gun numerous times, and you've been in your, your that was mess-
3: about this time last year, actually. Oh, yeah. I, this is starting November, I think. It might have been the same. It might have been this night last year we started the right. gun gigs. I um I, it was it was it was good. We done a, I am um, a gun the three gun gigs on here. Mm-hmm. That was for um sort of like the daily mail kind of thing. Right. Seven night sessions. Uh-huh. um so so um I was working pretty closely with their manager for a wee while. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was through that I kind of got a, a good few gigs.
0: Right, so did you get to meet Sean? you get aye,
3: to meet the man aye, himself? Aye, lovely guy, aye. How many so how many? girlfriend? It's, I don't know it's his wife, I'm sure it's how his girlfriend. They've got a band. Um, I really, I'm, I'm kicking myself here for forgetting the name of them. Um this so what, what did Ghost, Ghost of a saber Tooth Tiger, I'm sure. That right. Called, um, so that's obviously he's got his own kind of solo stuff happening as well, but that's, that's his band and they're, they're great. Very Beatles, you know. Right. So you, obviously, did you, right.
0: What, what did you say him? Um, because I was fortunate enough to interview Julian Lennon on here, I, of course,
3: I, I, I remember seeing that happen. So that was I, right, last year at some point. Yeah, some I, point. I, I
0: might even run about the same time. You're possibly, possibly. So I, I just was kind of reluctant, but so desperate to ask him about his dad. Were you the same? I, did you get a chance to chat? To be him? honest,
3: at first I was like kind of shitting myself a little bit, you know. Um, like I seen him, I'm like, I'm a massive Beatles fan, you know, but. I introduced myself and just right away he was like a kinda nice guy and it was kinda of made easy and um I didn't see him too much and then after the gig and I, I kinda of watched his his set as well and after the gig um we kinda of went backstage and stuff and he was he was he was pretty cool with having a sitting about and um You're just sitting with Sean Lennon he just sitting with Sean Lennon Street uh, he was sort of t- he was telling stories about how he's, he's uh, his dad kinda of sent um his dad was John Lennon, by the way. If no one knows this. Um his dad kinda of sent like Sort of no threats, but like um he was kinda of telling Bob Dylan and stuff to kinda of wise him up, you know, because he was going through the whole religious kinda of thing, you know what I mean? So he was kinda of telling some cool stories like that and stuff that obviously you wouldn't hear if Holy shit, man. you know, film. So it was it was pretty cool, you know, but he was a lovely guy, having his his mussies were brand new, you know, and they kinda of made us felt welcome, so it's cool, right? So, right. you spoke to Gunn, Sean Lennon. What else has been happening since the last year Um, since, um, well, I they've been probably the biggest gigs. Um, and as I said, been, I've I've pretty much been recording since last, around about this time last year, you know. Um, trying to kind of, I seem to record one track and then the next track I record seems to be a pretty different style. And so, the last year's sort of, been recording to try and find a style that. I feel comfortable with, it and um, I want it to go for. You know what I mean. Um, so recently, over the last, I'd say maybe since August September time, um, it seems to be that I've got a kind of style that my songs seem to be fitting into pretty well. So, um, so I'm, I think I'm on my pretty much the last track of the EP right now, mm-hmm. just ready to finish that. So. Um, Old system to go. And we're looking, to,
0: looking at a February release. So, um, I, what give us? looking forward to hearing this, right? Because I do, I do really like your stuff. What is this? What's this new EP sounding like? What, what's give us a, a couple of? Uh,
3: artists it sounds like. <laughs> Put me in the spot here. Uh, I've kind of let a few people hear it. Um, some, a couple of people say there's one track. It's sort of like Arctic Monkeys, kind of. The kind of humbug stuff they've done, the kind right. of heavier stuff they've done with Josh Homme for the mm-hmm. Stone Age. Um, there's another track. It's sort of like I don't know if I should admit, admit this, but I kind of like sampled like a drum beat for like an N.W.A. track, and it's sort of like mixed with like sixties. Still, I've always said the kind of sixties mm-hmm. influence you know. But I thought you'd go down the Doctor Dre route. Doctor Dre, like well, I. I've, I've been thinking about it since <laughs> I seen the the film. You know what I mean. I, I thought. That's the, the path I need to go for me, aye. Eh? Aye, so but, um, aye, it's, it's it's kind of varied, you know. It's it's um, it's pretty. Oh, as I said earlier, like the the stuff I do when I'm playing live and stuff is obviously just acoustic. It's just me and the acoustic guitar, and this is pretty pretty full on electric, you know, the the full lot. So that is pretty different. People probably wouldn't expect that sound from me if they've only seen me playing live, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, but. It seems you just need to hear it to figure it out for yourself, really. Good you know? promo, and we right. certainly will
0: do. February release, Anthony Moore played at yeah. King Tut's tonight. Obviously, when you hear this, it happened last week and he stormed it and it was amazing. <laughs> but
3: keep checking out. What? Uh, where can we find you on the net? Um, pretty much every social media um, networking site is um, Twitter, Facebook and stuff, and it's pretty easy. It's just Anthony Moore UK, um, UK in capital letters. um Aye. Pretty much everyone is, is that, so easy enough to find.
0: Check it, like him, Bye.
3: follow him. Check it out. EP coming up in February, and it's pleasure.
0: Have a good one tonight. Thanks you very much, Scott. Cheers. I am back on the Talk Music Podcast, and I am joined now by a violin player who's very average. Thank you. I was hoping you... I'll that...
1: take it. Hey, you know, Scott, you know, worse things have been said about me. What like? today
0: (laughs) (laughs) what's some of the most offensive things people have said about you
1: i hope that your violin pokes your your violin bow pokes your eye out who said that i can't say
0: will you tell me after (laughs) maybe (laughs) okay so nora if somebody says to you play something on a violin that sounds like mozart what type of things, without playing it, describe to me what type of things that would make something sound like a Mozart song?
1: Um, gosh. It's kind of hard to describe in words. Um,
0: describe it to me in dance moves then.
1: <laughs> um, well, Mozart has a very uplifting style, not too dissonant, very classical uh, very beautiful, melodic, um, elegant, um, not quite as complex as Bach, not quite as dramatic as Beethoven, um, very stately. I don't know. I these are these are adjectives that I put into music, you know. But it's it's a little bit difficult to explain them in words. But you know, you think about these things. Like if you're saying. Um, what's the difference between this style of house and that style of house? Well, they both have a front door and windows and rooms, but...
0: Awesome! Right, so play the violin. Not...
1: Okay, sorry.
0: Okay! <laughs> you never know what Nora's going to say. You ask her, what's it like playing something like Mozart and she starts talking about Flemish House in the States?
1: I'm just saying, it's that's really how I think about it.
0: Nora, I hope your violin bow pokes your eye out one day.
1: Scott, that's not very nice.
3: Okay, here we go.
1: Long enough, I just made it up. Was that okay?
0: (laughs) Nora Francesca Germain was born... I think the
1: applause was longer than the song. (laughs) 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 Thank you. That's very kind, Scott. Thank you.
0: Nora Germain, playing a song that sounds like one of the best singers to come out of the 1960s, Mozart van Beethoven. And the guy that had one ear
1: That was good Mozart von Begoff. I like that
0: <laughs> Mozart von Begoff. I've got a Mozart <laughs> t-shirt by the way Have you seen it? Yeah It's cool, is it?
1: Yeah, you wore it when you came to LA I saw it Did I? I think so
0: I don't know No, uh, I was about to say Mozart on the podcast Nora on the podcast, thanks very much to Anthony Moore thanks to Bobby Long, thanks to everybody that set up the interview, really appreciate it thanks to the people that emailed in thanks to my bin man, who always is here on time thanks to everybody involved thanks to Ron that produces this podcast big shout out to Ron Nora
3: hey Ron
0: Uh, thanks to all you listeners thanks to everybody thanks to the village people we will see you guys next week Yay!